Hello, I'm Doug Holmes, the Mayor of Summerland, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Mayor's Podcast. This month, we're going to talk about the Summerland Electrical Utility and the Okanagan's first utility-scale solar and battery storage facility. After eight years of planning and project management, the Summerland Energy Centre officially opened this month. Joining me to shed light on everything is Jeremy Storvold, Director of Utilities. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Great to be here. Now, Summerland is one of five municipalities in BC to own an electrical utility, the others being Penticton, Grand Forks, Nelson, and New Westminster. We all purchase power wholesale and resell it to local residents and, and businesses. Up until about eight years ago, the Summerland Electrical Utility had been suffering from decades of underinvestment. Through our work in asset management, we knew that what we call the infrastructure deficit was much higher in our electrical system than it was in other infrastructure like water, sewer, and even the roads. That means it was older and in greater need of repair and and replacement. In uh, 2015, the Council of the Day put everything on the table and we reviewed all our options for the electrical utility. Those options included the idea of selling it off. That we'd consider selling the electrical utility upset a lot of people in the community. And Council agreed it would be in Summerland's best interest to keep the utility, but that we would need to invest in it. It also needed to be better managed. At the time, a lot of our electrical engineering work was contracted out. But Council said, if we were going to own an electrical utility, then we needed somebody who knew how to run it. Run it, and uh, that's when we hired you, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you. Um, I remember that day talking with uh, Summerland for the first time back in, in 2018, and uh, at the time I was the engineering manager for Yukon Energy uh, up in the Yukon uh, in Whitehorse. Um, I started with the electric utility business when I was 18, right out of high school, and that was um, trenching in cable and uh, as a laborer. You know, digging ditches essentially for for power cables and exposing uh, faulted conductor and and that sort of thing, and that was at 18. And you know, my career took me to the Northwest Territories, uh, where I was working on my first battery energy storage project, and uh, and first and that was also tied to a a solar system, and it was a uh, a diesel plant, and this was a small remote community in the Arctic. And we had to replace the diesel plant, so we decided to replace it with a diesel battery energy storage system and a solar system. So I'd done one of these before, but back then, that was in around 2015, um, back in those days, we had to design the system from scratch. You couldn't just buy a battery system off the shelf, which is effectively what we did here in Summerland. Uh, So we had to design that control system, and effectively, we had to code that ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I was the engineering manager behind that. Um, so that was a good learning curve. Um, and then I had the call with Summerland, um, you know, 15 years after sort of starting with electric utilities. And um, it was uh, a good call. And we talked about the state of the electric utility. And we talked about the solar project that was on the books. And I was keen to join the team. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad you did. And uh, we couldn't have done this without you. Uh, you. So, so, you know, back in the time... It, you know, with Council's renewed commitment to the electrical utility, came this idea of generating some of our own power. 
uh, for obviously from renewable resources. Uh, we wanted to provide some stabilization to the grid and we wanted to better control costs through, through peak shaving, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. Um, we conducted some research and concluded that solar would be the best first step for us because it was a, a proven technology and relatively simple to implement. And also Summerland is one of the best places in the province to take advantage of solar. Uh, we get at least some sunlight 305 days a year and compare that to Vancouver, they get 289 uh, days a year of sunlight. And even that I think is pushing it, but and, and, <laughs> and in Prince Rupert, they get 250 days a year. So uh, anyway, knowing that, having that information, Council lobbied the provincial government for funding to do a feasibility study. And in uh, 2016, we received a $100,000 grant from the province from their rural dividend program. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, uh, when I started, and all those things are true about uh, choosing solar as a, a well-established technology and, and sort of those first steps, that's, those are all um, smart decisions. Uh, when I started, there was a conditional award on on the six million dollar grant, and the hundred thousand dollar grant was to do some of the some of the work um, to to prove that uh, Summerland could do the project. And at the at the time when I when I was about to start, staff were working hard on all the conditions of that conditional grant, um, and were wrestling with the project and and how it should look, what it means, defining all the benefits to the community, just early planning. Um, and actually, before I even arrived, they had sent me studies to review, and and so I was doing that in my evenings up in in the Yukon before I even came here. And so when I got here, I I was able to sort of hit the ground running on the project because I had already been reviewing studies for them. Um, the the hundred thousand dollar grant was was funding uh, a number of studies, but um, they were all sort of under the feasibility study umbrella, and um, they were looking at they want the the grant wanted to know. Uh, the grant provider wanted to know uh, what the capital cost of the battery energy storage system would be, what the replacement costs, what the schedule of, re of replacement batteries would be, O&M costs, uh, general cost benefit analysis, um, and they wanted to ensure that we had secured funding for the Summerland portion of the, of the big grant. Um, there were system impact studies. Uh, we applied for that $100,000 grant for the purpose of of getting the conditions removed on the $6 million grant. So we were in sort of this grant inception stage where we had grants to apply on grants. And so it was working really well for Summerland because there was very little out of pocket expense uh, to plan the project and set it up. So um, other than some staff time, it was actually going quite well. Yeah, and so as, as you said, all that work was one day un underway. And so once we figured, yeah, we could do this. We, we applied to the federal government, that was in 2018, uh, for a grant to, to actually engineer, procure, and, and, and construct the thing. And we asked at, at the time for $6 million. That was from the Canada Community Building Fund, which at the time was called the Federal Gas Tax Strategic Priorities Fund. And we, we uh, agreed to put up to, uh, up to $1 million. We didn't end up spending that much, but uh, up to $1 million from our electrical reserves for upgrades to our electrical system and, uh, and, and building the road into the site, that sort of thing. So we, we, uh, we received the full, the full amount from the government on, um, mm -hmm. as you said, based on conditions. And one of those conditions was 
was finding a, um, a, a site, a location to, to, to build it. And uh, in 2019, we met all those conditions and an agreement was signed with the federal government. Now, now in, in terms of the location, you know, finding a perfect location for just about anything in Summerland is uh, pretty much impossible. You know, whether we're talking about a dog park, mm-hmm. a food processing hub, uh, high density housing, I mean, you name it, it's a challenge finding suitable land. So an array of solar panels is really no different. And uh, after much contentious debate on council and in the community, uh, it was de- decided to build the energy center at the site of the former municipal works yard on the uh, toe of Cartwright Mountain. And uh, once that decision was made, uh, we could go move ahead. And in, in 2022, following a competitive tendering process, we awarded the project uh, contract to a joint venture of Wildstone Construction Group and Skyfire Energy, along with a number of local subcontractors. Right. Uh, actually, uh, choosing that joint venture turned out to be a really good decision. Um, and right now, all, all indications show that they're they're going to deliver on all their commitments. <clears throat> so uh, the project's gone really well in that regard. Um, but to 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 get to that point and have a successful project, multi-million dollar project, it sort of all begins in those early planning stages in the project and uh, with particular focus and attention on the RFP, the request for proposals that, that Summerland put out. And that request for proposals um, is just a ton of work and it's good work uh, that, that uh, you really, as a project lead, you need to focus on. And there's objectives that need to be put in, into there for the project, uh, past work that's been done on the project, all the past studies are included in there. Uh, what's the budget? Um, how much insurance does the company need to hold? Uh, what's the schedule for the project? Then there's a the whole RP process, hosting site meetings, proponent briefings, uh, preparing addendas, um, covering what you expect for uh, conflict of interest, qualifications for the for the um, bidders. What other qualifications need to be? Who do you actually want working on this thing? Terms and conditions, proposal content. So like that's just RFP stuff. Um, and you know, haven't even talked about solar yet. That's just you know sort of RFP contract. Uh, type of work, um, legal stuff. And so you start getting into actual solar specifications and, and specifying the solar system. What are the arrays supposed to look like? What do we want to see for inverters, AC combiners, all the electrical stuff? How do, how do how we want to see connections? How much capacity should it be? How big should it be? Um, the control building, all the control systems, you know, on and on and on. And uh, it's all super technical and uh, actually involves uh, over a thousand pages of work and, and, and sweat and tears and, and just grinding away on every little detail. Um, and in RFP, if you leave out that, you, that uh, you want a light over the doorway, then you won't get a light over the doorway. So, so could I interrupt here? Mm-hmm. So, so we ended up with, I'll just put it out here. We should mention it. We ended up with a one megawatt, uh, no, uh, a 412 kilowatt uh, solar array, uh, right. a one megawatt of battery storage, and a 3.56 megawatt power supply, along with some upgrades to our existing system. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy, could you explain what does that all that mean? <laughs> What have we got here up on the hill? Yeah, <laughs> it's um, you know, basically the 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 benefit to Summerland is 
um, called uh, a concept called peak shaving and and just pure uh, power generation from the solar panels. And so um, it's it's really an electric utility uh, cost savings measure. Um, and so the solar panels are really straightforward. They generate energy and every kilowatt hour we generate there is a kilowatt hour we don't need to buy from our, our power wholesaler, Portis BC. Um, and in terms of the bet, so solar is really simple. Uh, we just have a meter there and we read the meter at the end of the year. We'll see how much, how much power we generated and uh, we can translate that into how many dollars we saved. Um, on the peak shaving side, so this is, this is the battery energy storage system where we store energy. Um, that is a little more complicated. Uh, so peak shaving basically as a concept is, is this sort of theory where just to bring it kind of into the home. Um, so you go to work during the day and, and at home you're hardly using any power because no one's there and your, your stove isn't running and you don't have the heat turned up maybe and, and all those systems are just kind of idling there. But when you get home after work and, and the kids are home after school and the house starts to fill up with people and you start to use power and turn on the lights, you have this sudden power demand. And as a utility, we pay for that power on, on demand. And so if you look at last month's power bill, which was about $800,000 uh, that Summerland had for October, um, a, about 40% of that is this demand charge. So how much, basically it's our dinner time demand. And so what we do with the batteries is we start to release power to our grid at that dinner time. And, and we're able to shave the peak of our, our power demand. And uh, which is really um, a pretty well established way of, uh, for electric utilities to save money now. Lots of utilities are doing this. We're not the first, we won't be the last. And uh, our, 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 our power demand costs are about $15,000 per megawatt per month. And so you, th that would be the, the theoretical maximum that peak shaving would save for, right. for someone. So the idea is that we, we have to pay for our capacity to reach our, the peak demand every day, whatever that peak demand is, whether we're using that, even if we're only using that peak amount uh, you know for one hour a day yeah we, we we have to pay that amount for the whole day is that correct and so if we can if we can like chop off the top of the mountain so to speak then mm -hmm. it, it lowers the price uh, for the whole for, month for, for the whole month for the whole month and and for the whole year so there's a monthly charge and then there's a yearly charge based on our absolute worst day worst minute of the year as well so um, with the system we have in place, our target is to shave that particular day every year and, and uh, our worst day of the month every month. Yeah. Good, good. Now, um, you, you know, uh, the, the Summerland Energy Center, it aligns with federal and provincial plans to, to uh, meet future energy needs and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And the government, the federal government, makes no secret that it supported the project in order to showcase sustainable technology and clean tech. Um, Sean Fraser, the federal minister for infrastructure and communities, he said that uh, he wants communities from coast to coast to coast to look at what Summerland is, has done and draw inspiration from it for their own climate action initiatives. So that's really um, um, you know, good to hear. And certainly if we're serious about electrifying our economy, 
which we'll need to do if we want to address climate change, then we have to figure out how to generate a lot more clean electricity than we do today. But right here down at ground level here in Summerland on day-to-day -day operations of the Summerland electrical utility, as you said, the, the exciting thing I think is about how the energy center is an opportunity for us to provide that stabilization to the grid and control our costs through peak shaving, as you were saying. Um, you know, I think this is the primary reason all those years ago that the council uh, decided to start investing in our electrical utility. If we didn't own and operate an electrical utility, then uh, maybe the case for producing some of our own power wouldn't have been so strong. Um, but this is a project that directly benefits every single person in Summerland. Paving a road doesn't benefit everybody directly because not everybody will drive on that road. And, you know, developing hiking trails or installing a dog park, it doesn't benefit everybody directly because not everybody hikes or has a dog. But while these things are still important, it's important to invest in these projects because of the whole principle of the common good and we want to, you know, build community, create community. Um, infrastructures that directly benefit every single member of the community are in fact really extremely rare. But as it happens, the Summerland Energy Center is one of those rare exceptions. Every resident, business, farming operation in the community needs electricity. So we all benefit from stabilizing the grid and controlling the costs of electricity. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it definitely benefits all of uh, all Summerlanders uh, since we're all customers of the electric utility and, and myself included. I, I live here in Summerland with my family. Um, and, uh, you know, just to, another level up is that it's also in keeping with Council's energy strategy. So um, that energy strategy, uh, just to uh, refresh you, is, includes uh, um, the fleet vehicles, electrification of our fleet vehicles, uh, completing the voltage conversion, uh, modernizing our electric meters to give customers more information about their consumption, uh, included the battery energy storage system, EV chargers uh, around town, uh, micro hydro, that's in pipe turbines, uh, our distributed generation program, which we already have, and a solar plant. Uh, along with a bunch of other little things too. And um, it's all part of uh, that overall strategy for, for, for energy in the community. Um, the electric utility over, uh, the electric utility business overall, uh, like the, the industry is predicting really high demand increases because of the sort of electrification of everything and specifically electric vehicles. Um, and just, I even heard on a podcast last week mentioned, uh, just someone in the industry had mentioned that uh, they had read a study that, um, a, a latest study for North America that they think demand uh, is gonna go up by three times. Uh, so electric utilities need to prepare for that. So that may or not, may not be true, but one of the solutions to dealing with this demand is energy storage. And so battery energy storage is this one type of storage system. And so uh, it will be in our day-to-day -day lives, Summerland's early adopter of that. Um, but over the decades, it'll, I'm, I'm certain that it'll show uh, some foresight on our part and uh, it'll even be in everyone's homes eventually. So um, there's a, there's, we're certainly on the path of uh, where the electric utility industry is heading. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of storage, you know, you, you mentioned our di distributed generation program which is a lot of people call net metering. And, and uh, that, that's where residents uh, can, can connect their own 
home energy uh, sources to to the to the grid, the Summerline grid. And talking to some of these customers, they kind of envision a, a future where they're able to charge their electric vehicle during low energy demand, and have it uh, have the idle car feed electricity back into the grid at peak demand. Yep. And so mm-hmm. these electric vehicles then become um, electric uh, storage units. You know, so that's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, will happen. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting future, and. Um, you know, I, I should also add that the location of the Summerland Energy Center up on Cartwright Mountain there, it sets the stage for an adjacent eco-village, which will be built to special environmental certifications that promote objectives like reduced uh, water and energy use, the protection of threatened species and healthy lifestyles. And so that's also something that we're, we're looking for, forward to uh, down the road. And all of, all of this fits in with Summerland's image as a clean, green, forward-thinking community. Uh, if you look at uh, some of our local businesses, we have a we have sustainable farming, we have organic wineries, we have an organic bakery, a refillery and zero waste store, one of BC's leading solar panel installation companies, um, Canada's first uh, certified carbon neutral tour company was here in Summerland. So it's not surprising uh, that the Summerland Chamber of Commerce had they give out a, a annual Environment and Sustainability Excellence Award. Um, so it's uh, you know uh, it it really fits in with Summerland, I think. And and actually speaking of awards, this past September we should mention the Community Energy Association presented the District of Summerland with a Climate uh, and Energy Action Award for the development of our energy center. It's the second time in the last three years that Summerland has received this award. Back in 2021, we were recognized for our corporate climate initiatives. And now with the Energy Center, we're being recognized for what we're doing for the whole community. No, those are, that's good. Um, we're happy to receive those awards. It's a, a good honor. Um, and you know, just a shout out to uh, the, the councils over the last, the two councils that I've been working for, um, it does take some nation building mentality to to push these projects forward and, and to be sort of future thinking. Um, and I think that's a good long term thinking and in investing in the electric utility is is a good long term and good business sense uh, from council. And um, so definitely support that. And thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for dropping in and, uh, you know, to talk about the electric uh, the utility and, and our brand new Summerland Energy Center. Uh, I just want to say congratulations to you and, and all of your crew for developing. Uh, you know, what's what we can be proud of is the first utility-scale solar and battery storage facility in the Okanagan. And so that's that's great. And I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to hearing the results of our peak shaving down the road. I'm Summerland Mayor Doug Holmes, and you have been listening to the Mayor's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.